Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. And now, uh, at this time of the year, if we're lucky, we have uh, family from all over the country and maybe abroad uh, coming to spend Christmas uh, with us. But uh, for lots of you listening, it is about ways of finding uh, that connection uh, with uh, family and indeed friends uh, abroad. And uh, you will have seen this ad campaign that Three Ireland are doing at the moment and about connecting uh, family. Uh, through the power of technology that mightn't have the opportunity um, to do that this year. And one well-known Limerick family um, involved in the ad campaign. And Dan Mooney, who you'll know from Live 95 as a rugby commentator, he and Neil Briggs were bringing you Monster vs. Connacht, for example, um, at the weekend, is with me in the studio. Good morning to you, Dan. Uh, And the reason is that your family is one of the families that features in this uh, Three Ireland ad campaign. Yeah, um, with a, I, I was cut from it. I was actually involved in the filming, and this is a face for radio kind of a moment. Um, uh, myself and my two sisters, I may say, uh, went to to Dublin to to shoot this. So the concept is is a connected restaurant thing. So you have people on on one side. My brother's over in New York City. His wife is there. She's nine months pregnant. She's due on the thirtieth of December. So uh, they're over in New York. There's no way they're coming back. It's just timing is is what it is. Um, so we went to to Dublin. Mum and Dad sat down and had a a, a meal. And there's there's like the whole there's a whole menu designed for both sides of the Atlantic. Says so that you can order the same food and sit down and have what what appears to be like a a family dinner with this screen placed on the table. So you're looking at the other end of your table is through this screen and it's, you know, for mum and dad it was Paul, Tara and uh, baby Maeve who's only two. Um, And it was a lovely kind of a moment. Uh, Technology has has kind of shrunk the world, which is great in in certain respects. FaceTime and Skype and all of these other kind of uh, apps that you can use to to connect with people. But there's something kind of uh, bizarrely sentimental and, and and really touching about sitting down and having this meal and and almost feeling that moment of of connection all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. And myself and my sisters were were brought in for the for the kind of tail end of it, but we didn't survive the editing process, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, well, um, obviously it is a TV ad, so it's going to work better with pictures. But let's just hear a clip of it. Paul gets definitely homesick during the holidays. He has like a sense of depression or sadness. Depression's a bit strong. Yeah, depression's strong. He does get homesick, and you could tell. How many years has it been? Ten? Nine, anyway. Yeah, which is a long time. Part of Paul wanting to be a citizen was not to stay in America, but was to go home. People are trying to get through the process to have the choice. Yes, have a choice, yeah. But our choice is we can't go because I'm pregnant. Yeah. And the baby's due five days after Christmas. They all say I'm, I'm like my father, you know. I suppose from time to time, both of us might have a short fuse. Uh, I'm getting old now, so I'm getting mellow. Sometimes I look at him with the grandchildren and I say, who the hell is that guy, you know? Unfortunately, he's a form of uh, bone marrow cancer. Um, so he's been... He's been very unlucky. He's a marvellous man. 
and I miss him, you know. It's the two of them. I am conscious that one of them is missing, you know. And if he was here, there's a good chance both of us would be missing. <laughs> At the pub. <laughs> Limerick family, the Moonies featuring there in that uh, Three Ireland campaign about connecting people abroad. You almost have me going there. I can see it's quite emotional for you, Dan. Yeah, well, you know, Paul's been living over in the States for a long time and he, he can get over and back, but he's, you know, he's he owns two businesses over there and he works kind of 70 hours a week is would be a normal kind of a week for Paul. Um, and so you you know you miss out on on things you miss out on moments and sometimes they're big moments you know birthdays and uh, uh, you know family events when Dad got initially got diagnosed with the, with this multiple myeloma and this cancer um, and, and Paul wasn't there but in a rush to try to get back and sometimes it's just small things um, you know rugby matches he's not at or or a Friday evening that he's not sitting down um, and then thing, thing come like Christmas comes around and then you really do feel that. Um, that absence quite a bit. So, you know, the the ad itself was a kind of a bittersweet thing because it really did run home this concept of, you know, we're having this, this this is a big moment. Christmas is always a big moment every year for family. And uh, and you're without one, you know, one person missing. Dan, how's your dad getting on health-wise? Uh, good. I mean, like, multiple myeloma is an awful uh, uh, thing to have. I mean, there's no good cancer to get like this, is a, but this is kind of an insidious kind of a one. And um, he's it's being treated, but you know it, it's an ongoing process. The treatment there's no kind of end point in sight. There's no point at which they go, okay, now you're done. Uh, you can go back to so it'll just be continually treated for it. And uh, it's an exhausting process for him. And the treatment means that he can't. Um, it's killed his taste buds. He can't taste a lot of food. So you know there's ups and downs that come with the treatment. But the fact that he's being treated is kind of the, the important thing. How did it change the dynamics in the family, the diagnosis and what you've been dealing with since? Um, <laughs> uh, standard uh, um, pint drinking has, has, has cut down in the family in a drastic kind of a way. Um, and b- because of the treatment, uh, there's no immune system. So um, he has to be very careful about where he can put himself um, on, a, on a daily basis that, that you know, like the, the crime kids, like kids are, are like incubate illness so there are times where, where they just have to be kept, kept at arm's length which is you know he hates that because he's you know Papa Smurf um, so they, they have to be kept at arm's length and there's places he can't go and if the weather's not great he needs to, to keep himself warm and dry and that kind of so it's changed a little bit of, of his day to day life uh, and, and consequently there's a knock on effect for all of us here. Dan, your, your brother Paul then, how, how did he end up making the decision to go to the States? And is the America he went to almost a decade ago, the America he's now living in, if you see what I mean? Yeah. With everything that's gone on. I, I, you know, Paul's very um, resourceful. He's kind of one of the most resourceful people that you're likely to meet. We went over there um, nearly 10 years ago. He had no job. He He had a few friends living over there. And, you know, less than 10 years later, he owns two two bars in Manhattan. You know, that's no easy feat. Um, and he got there by, by dint of um, hard work and bags of personality and all of that that he brings to, to these things. Um, so because of that resourcefulness, I think there's no amount of change that America can undergo that Paul can't deal with. He's very, very dynamic and he rolls with all of that stuff. I know that he's, you know, the, his his politics would not be... 
uh, Republican Party politics over in the states, but his his wife's family is very much that. So there, and because of balls, as Dad mentioned, short fuse. Um, there's no shortage of of debate on that front. But uh, yeah, when he went over there, it was it was because there was very little here. Um, he had a degree, but the degree was kind of no good to him because there was no job that was earning any kind of money. Um, so he was working uh, for for a while. He was working at a security company doing twelve four twelve hour shifts in a week, and uh, and it was monitoring. And you know, it, it just he he was exhausted from it. Uh, and then he was working in a bar, and it was he was managing it and working kind of sixty hours a week. When a friend of his called him up and said, "Look, if you're willing to put in sixty hours a week um, in Manhattan, you'll make an awful lot more money than you would." working 60 hours a week in Ireland under current conditions. So uh, he went over and decided to give it a shot, and there he is now. Have you had some good nights in that bar, or the, the original one? And uh, a couple I, there? I've, I may have uh, had a couple of uh, beverages while I was there over the course of the years. I, I mean, We got very, very lucky in, in one respect because of um, uh, uh, access to, to, to cheap travel for me, which was you know, fantastic. And, and before um, before Paul met Tara... And before there were kids involved, um, you know, I, I might hop on a flight and head over and just crash on the couch in his place so we could have two or three uh, days that were... <laughs> and you better name check the bars. I mean, do they have a Limerick flavour? Do they have an Irish flavour about well, them? Well, one of them is called the Spotted Dog. So <laughs> that, that'll tell you the, the Limerick flavour for one of them. The other one is called the Milton Um they're they're both kind of Upper East Side of Manhattan, and he he featured on on the the local news over there, which I got a real kick out of because the the Second Avenue subway now like runs all the way directly outside the door of of the Milton up on Ninety Fourth uh, and and Second um, Avenue, and that the the bar after you took it over, they had put up all this hoarding, so you couldn't see the bar. So for about a year, they, they you know there was a lot of work to keep the doors open because no one can see that it's there. But once the Second Avenue subway opened, which was great access for people, the hoardings came down, and suddenly the Milton was was kind of booming. And um, so you kind of struggled through that year to get to that point. Uh, and when they opened it up, the local news channel went and met local businesses. And Paul is behind the bar. I mean, he looked like a he looked like a stereotype of a of a. He's leaning on the bar. He's got the cloth over his shoulder, and he's telling tall tales as he does. You know. Yeah. How did he meet his wife Tara? Um. You should know the, this. The, yeah, so I... I what Start to pretend. Okay, see, no, no, I, I, I do. I'm not sure how much of this okay, I should be saying. Okay, no, okay. I, they, I, they, they were... Um, he was living out in Queens at the time and there was a bar out there called McGuinness's and uh, and Paul would often pop in there when he'd finish a shift inside in, uh, inside Manhattan and he'd take the, the E-train out into Queens and he'd, uh, he'd get off at the subway station outside McGuinness's and pop in there for a couple of beers and uh, well, there was a night there where Tara... And uh, some of her friends were were gone in, and uh, her phone was left behind inside. And so Paul picked up the phone and chased her out onto the street with the phone, and that was their kind of a uh, yeah. That was the, Amazing, that was the start. Of them, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I should mention that the ad in question you can see uh, on live ninety five dot ie on the buzz. Um, and do you think that with all the modern technology you talked about, the ease of travel, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that we sort of imagine because in many ways the world is a smaller place, that this dilemma that you're representing for us this Christmas doesn't exist, but it still very much does. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's nowhere near um, 
it's nowhere near what it was. Pegs airs. Well, there was there was a, at my um, at Christine, my, my fiance's uh, um, graduation this year. Uh, the the president of, of Mary I was talking about when he lived in um, in New York. It was you had to. There was a neighbor of his parents had a phone, so he could ring the neighbor's phone from a payphone, and 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 this was how he communicated. And other than that, it was a letter that took three weeks to to get to Ireland. So I mean, we're not where we were. And and the technology is great that that after a, a monster match, I can call my brother in the car on the way back down from Galway, have a chat about the match. He's seen it, I've seen it. We discuss who was who played well and the whole lot. And that's that's brilliant that we have that. But no matter technology is no substitute for uh, for, for that personal connection that you get with someone. And like I say, the big moments and the small moments, you can't really underestimate how important those small moments are. Christmas Eve, um, I'll be out and, and partying with mum and dad and Paul won't be there. And we'll be able to FaceTime with him and that's lovely. But Paul won't be there. That's the, the bottom line. And when we're having our Christmas dinner, again, Paul will FaceTime in from... New York and we'll get to see baby Maeve open up her Christmas presents from Santa and it will be lovely, really, really nice moment but it won't be a substitute for sitting down and having Christmas dinner together. So the technology is brilliant. It's fantastic to, to have that and that the world is uh, allowing us the opportunity for that connectivity but it's still no substitute for the real thing. Now, you've had a very good year, haven't you? I mean, particularly with your author's hat on. It's, it's amazing. Your latest book, uh, the number of places it's been published and the languages it's been published in. Yeah, I had a lovely little book tour over in uh, Spain and in the next uh, couple of months it'll be German, Chinese, Czech, and uh, Spanish and Catalan versions are out now and uh, it's been fantastic. And we got, they as per, as per the contract, I get sent um, hard copies of every version of the book uh, or of any of the books that I've written. So um, another box of books arrived at the house and Christine is ready to, 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 to run the postman away over the next time because there's so many books in the house and there was a large print version that came out in the States recently and the, the Spanish version and the Catalan version and the the paperback of the first book. And it, so it, it's been it's been brilliant. It's been really, really great. I, I'll keep plugging away at that as long as I can get away with it. Um, but yeah, it's been, a, been an excellent year for me. Okay, um, and obviously you're doing commentary for us. I really enjoyed your commentary along with Neave Briggs of uh, Munster's hard-fought win over Connacht. Um, and your your reflections on where Munster are. I mean, another big game for them. They're playing Leinster, of course, just after Christmas uh, next Saturday evening. Here's um, controversial, uh, perhaps. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I hope no one takes the head off me for this one, but I, I kind of hope Munster uh, don't get out of the Champions Cup group. Um, I'd love to see... Not by not getting out. I mean, if they do, it'll be a, it'll, it'll be an extraordinary achievement. But by not getting out, you'd have the the senior players focusing on Pro 14 rugby until they go to Six Nations. Then they're out, and then we'll see more consistency from other younger players trying to take the jerseys off the older players. It'll cement this new coaching ticket. I think Roundtree's defensive work and 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 what he brings to the table has really stuck for Monster. We saw that against uh, Connacht. Um, Larkham's new kind of attacking style hasn't stuck quite as well and that's down to consistency uh, the, the type the players need to be getting more and more of it and, and more of the players need to be playing with one another so I think if they were focused on the Pro 14 to finish that out and hopefully put some silverware in that by the time we started next season uh, with a full pre-season which we haven't had because there was no full pre-season this year Co- coaches weren't in place um, players were at the World Cup so 
get this through this season and hopefully add some silverware focus on the Pro 14 and then next season with a full pre-season this new coaching ticket gels together the players gel together a little bit and I think we'd, we'd be taking the world by storm next season Okay, okay. let's see how it all goes uh, should be a cracker anyway on uh, Saturday night um, Leinster coming to town uh, Thank you very much Dan Mooney for all you've done here at Live 95 over the year Congratulations on your year and thanks very much for telling us uh, about how the Mooney family feature in uh, that three Ireland TV ad which I'm sure you've seen. If you haven't, if you go to live95.ie, you can check it out on The Buzz. Cheers, Dan. Happy Christmas to you. Thanks, Joe. Happy Christmas. Call Limerick today now on 461995.